Until I'm 53 years old, I don't want to see a 53-year-old crotch. Oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> I thought the creepy. cartwheel was cool. Every time she did it, I closed my eyes. What? Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, another edition of 80s News Now. With me as always, he said he wanted to open his heart to me, but all he did was open his pants. Tampa Bay Times rock critic Sean Daly. That's how I show love. That's the only way I can show affection, Steve. That's where you're. That's because that's your main me. vital organ. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. So this is our special bonus '80s news now post Super Bowl edition. The big 80s news in the Super Bowl was Madge, the material girl, Madonna, doing the halftime uh, show, and I found it to be delightful, Stephen. You know, delightful. she doesn't like to be called Madge. <laughs> I think you should respect her views. I'll call her whatever I want. <laughs> call her mine. Yeah. No, I thought she was fun. I thought it was great. Uh, and you, I said, hey, she was pretty great, really entertaining. You're like, great, good, maybe. I was a little grumpy last night. You don't understand. Super Bowl weekend at this lair involves cheese and cheese byproducts. Ooh, you're not going to poop for days. I know. I had cheese soup. I had cheese Ooh. steaks. Mm. I had I had buffalo chicken nachos. That sounds delicious. Um, I believe breakfast also involved cheese. <laughs> I went to this place, Boston's, this Patriots bar, because you know, I grew up uh, outside of Boston. And um, I got busted. Pulled over for speeding on the way there. 84 and a 65. Had you been drinking? And the guy was like, he was so nice, but like kind of Sammy safety. You know, I just want you to be safe out there. I know, thanks. No, you just want to meet your quota, flat foot. <laughs> and I knew from then on in the Patriots are going to lose. But yeah. I'd say the highlight of the night was Madonna. And how well, did you yeah. feel? I, I, I honestly got thought that the halftime show was the highlight of the night, but that reflects more on the game than on yeah. Madonna. Oh, my God. I think that's a great, actually a really, really good point. The first half of that Super Bowl was so dreadful. I'm a Ugh. Patriots fan. And even I was bored. The fourth quarter was fun. But that's fourth it. fourth quarter was fun. And I was, I was bored. And I think we were dying for something. So Madonna might have uh, benefited from here's that the, as well. Here's the thing. And everyone knows this by now. Is I, I don't like Madonna. I, I don't want to say hate because I've been taught not to use that word. But I don't like her. And But I, but yet I, I thought, well, you know, better her than Black Eyed Peas again. 
Oh, it's awful. So, um, so it comes on, and right off the bat, you can tell it's lip synced because she's trying to lip sync words that have been, you know, I don't even know what you call that, right? But clearly, words that you cannot lip sync. You cannot lip sync rap record sound effects. You can't. She comes on to Vogue. Vogue now here- with Egyptians. Now keep in mind, Vogue is what about. Being in step with the times. Well, yeah. Well, she came out like being like, yeah, like out she of was step a queen. With the times. Yeah, she was like Cleopatra. I know, but isn't that kind of like? I mean, her reputation is as as probably one of the entertainment world's biggest narcissists, right? right? And what does Me she and do, Donna? Yeah, <laughs> but what does she do? She reinforces it times ten. I mean, I, I would have had more respect for her if it had been toned down. Let me explain a couple things. Toned down? Why would you want Madonna toned down? I don't. That's you, horrible. Because I, I think that she's. She's overprojected herself. Hmm. Well, I mean, I've covered two Super Bowls. You've covered Super Bowls before, yeah. but I go to the Super Bowl to cover the uh, entertainment, the halftime, the music, the foo for all, the celebrities, that sort of thing. The Anna, don't blame Madonna for lip syncing. Okay, if you're going to blame anyone, blame the NFL. The NFL leaves nothing to chance. Okay, like when people you heard Blake Shelton and Miranda Lambert do "God Bless America," that had been pre-recorded a month ago. When you know uh, Kelly Clarkson, pre-recorded, she might have been singing over vocal tracks or something like that, but pre-recorded um, parts of Springsteen when Springsteen did the Super Bowl halftime. I mean, the most organic uh, performer there is. Part of it was pre-recorded because the NFL, boom, it has to be 12 minutes, boom, 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 leaves nothing to chance. That's why the NFL is this this iron fist, but they're yeah, also but- good at what they do. So don't rip on Madonna like she, like everyone else sings live. I, I don't think she sings live in concert anymore. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But again, it's here's like the, a lot that, of people like here's the thing that Here's the thing that, uh, and I understand this about myself. I don't like dancing. I don't like dancers. I don't like choreography. You're an amazing dancer. No, I'm none of those things. And I I hate dancing. It is it has zero entertainment value to me. So a performer like Madonna, who's half singing, half dancing, to me is half a performer. Someone like Lady Gaga, who's half singing, half dancing, half a performer. Um, so when you when you go on this thing and everyone says, "Oh, but she's making these amazing dance moves," I don't care. I mean, all I care about is the music. You know, if she's a dynamic live performer, then express it through the music. But, you know, that halftime show and probably her concert performances these days is just. I loved it. It's as, thought- fa- it's as fake as a pixie stick. Oh, so what? Madonna's so fake as a what? pixie stick. I mean, I mean then what, what do you well, want? Then, you want Arlo then, Guthrie to go well, there and perform? What I'm saying is then the don't, don't pretend she rocked the world. She was great. She was very entertaining. What did you want? I wanted something more than the Pixie stick. I loved it. I thought it was hell's a pop poppin'. I thought it was like this great kitchen sink performance where she was throwing everything out there. There was LMFAO. There was that cool tightrope guy. Boing, boing, yeah, I like boing. That. He was awesome. The best part of the whole thing was Cirque du Soleil. Beyond that, See, I do I, when like When I first du heard that Madonna and Cirque du Soleil were teamed up, I'm like, oh, God, because I love the, the Beatles thing Cirque did, but a lot of it. I know you're a bigger fan about, of Cirque than I am. Like, yeah. I go on his tapes like, ooh, weird clown faces on trampoline. I don't love that so but i thought the cirque touches were minimal and there wasn't a lot of ooh, ah, ooh, you know like weird mime and crap yeah, yeah. and then they brought out CeeLo, and then you had um of course uh nikki minaj and 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 mia who flashed the bird but a little bit of chaos. here's my thing too is that you know why i mean CeeLo's out there because the voice was coming on right after the super bowl on right. nbc CeeLo was nikki minaj Obviously, and mia were out there because they have new projects coming out. i mean 
everybody's got their hand. The Super Bowl is probably the most. I've become very disillusioned with it, and it's all about something other than what it's Absolutely. supposed to be. Absolutely, oh, but the whole but thing don't is pretend totally crass. That, that don't pretend that it's that it's something pure when it's We're when it's celebrating when it's, when it's the, commercials. Uh, I don't know. Speaking I of which, that. some of the worst commercials I ever saw. But we'll get into that in a minute. Here, anyway, so we put it out. I went on Facebook and I scoured Facebook looking for. Uh, other people's reactions to Madonna's halftime performance. It, and what do you know? I stumbled across um, Louis Black, the comedian. Yeah, very a, angry. Very foul-mouthed. Yeah. But, I, but I love him. And he said, what do I think of the halftime show? Wow. 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 He said, the halftime show was beyond horrific, like an awful video game. World peace? Are you f***ing kidding me? That made me want to go to war. Well, the world peace thing was kind of stupid. It was like, the wow. end. That was kind of like, sexual chocolate. You know, it's yeah. like what? It, it was it was kind of bizarre that she had to do that world piece. Eh, eh. I didn't love that part of it, but I was really entertained. It kept going, boom, 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 boom. What did uh, some of our uh, fans think? Uh, Kathy Manning, read what she said. Um, here we go. Uh, Kathy Manning says she took us back twenty years. Shocked the hell out of me, but she was awesome. She must have quit taking those steroids too, because she was back to her, her hot self. I thought she did look great. She looked. She looked very sweet. She didn't look hard you know, she, and all ripped like Terminator Two chick. Yeah. What's her name? Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Ugh. But you know what? I could use a fewer lesser cartwheels. I don't want to see until I'm fifty three years old. I don't want to see a fifty three year old crotch. Oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> I thought the creepy. cartwheel was cool. Every time she did it, I closed my eyes. What? How old are you? You're like fifty seven. <laughs> you better want to see fifty three year old crotch. Anyway, Mark Seaman says her best move having CeeLo show up. Her worst mistake, not letting CeeLo sing more. On a side note, I think a great name for her backup dancers would be the Hot Flashes. Very funny. Uh, Mark Grant, though, not as complimentary. Mark Grant uh, says the out-of-material girl gave us a tired karaoke performance. Bravo, Mark Grant. <laughs> and uh, Alex or Alex Meza? Says my eight-year-old niece thought she was Lady Gaga's grandma. Well, there you go. And she, she kind of is, yeah. You know, here's an interesting fact. Um, Madonna, here's a couple of interesting facts. Madonna was paid nothing by the NFL for that performance. She did it for free. Oh, really? But uh, the payoff being she's performing new material in front of 110 yeah, million I, people. I, you hate that new song, Give Me All Your Loving. It sounds it's very like, retro. It's 80s. Uh, you know, it sounds like one of the worst retro song of all time would, you know. Oh, Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. Tony, yeah. Uh, Tony ba- I thought it was Tony Basil. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Basil's Mickey. Yeah, it does sound like that. Really, really borrows but, from but that. But here's the other thing that's interesting. At 53 years old, Madonna, it was old enough to be a mother to end to the oldest person playing on that field, which I think was Kevin Falk of the Patriots. I think he's 35. Yeah. She's old enough to be his mom. No kidding. So anyway, just to put things in perspective. Um... You should like Madonna's new song, Give Me All Your Loving, because Nicki Minaj's rap references Conan the Barbarian. Come on, Does it? man. Yeah. It's all coming together. Do you listen? Do you listen? I don't want to listen. I'm so positive. I'm like a ray of light. Hey, ray of light. <laughs> she didn't do that. I thought she would. She didn't. Were you happy with Madonna's set list? Yeah, I was, actually. Did you want something like, you know, she wasn't going to do Lucky Star or anything like that. No, but I think ending with Like a Prayer, I like Like a Prayer. A little uh, Open Your Heart uh Yeah, for a second or there. two there. I mean, it was kind of <laughs> it's it's falling apart at that I point. I shouldn't say snatches. But I think opening up with Vogue was nice, and I think yeah. and I think ending with Like a Prayer was nice. I, See, I, don't, I love kitchen sink stuff. I'm that kind of guy. Like, bring it all out. <laughs> boom, 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 over and over and over. I like to be stimulated. Doink, 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 that being doink. said, final question. Where does this rank among Super Bowl oh. 
performances. Uh, probably top. 15. Yeah. 15 to 10. I mean, you got to remember the Super Bowl halftime. You guys, oh, I know there's a movement out there that do away with it or whatever, just have go back to the studio. But the halftime shows used to be horrible. Oh, no. Like up, up people. With people crap. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden that halftime thing started to get cool. I think number one is Prince. Yeah. I think Prince is the greatest. You too. Uh, you too, because it was so emotionally significant too, with September 11th. And Bono and the American flag um, inside his jacket. Uh, Springsteen was good. Petty, I know you loved Petty. It was, you know what? Because I was expect, I was almost because I was expecting a disaster. Yeah, but it was great. He was he, he performed well. Um, yeah, uh, so I mean, yeah, I give you a top fifteen, but it's a, it's a motley fifteen. You ready to get on to our next item? Yes. Here we go. Nostalgia was running at high pitch during the Super Bowl with ads featuring Motley Crue, Star Wars, music by Echo and the Bunnymen, and the revival of Ferris Bueller. Matthew Broderick returned to play Ferris in a commercial for the Honda CRV. He bought it. How can I handle work on a day like today? One of the worst performances of my career, and he never doubted it for a second. Hi, can I get my CRV brought up, please? I've got a lot to do today. Funny stuff, and it brings a tear to my always weepy eyes to see the love for Ferris Bueller. But what would have John Hughes thought? Sean Daly, your thoughts? Well, here's my problem. That ad was great. Uh, I think the full version of uh, the Ferris Bueller ad ran two minutes and six seconds, and you had it up on Suck in the 80s, uh, the blog, and I watched it over and over. It was great. The one-minute edit that ran during the Super Bowl was horrible. It was a horrible edit of the. After you've seen the full thing, they got rid of all these great little moments and and beats and and stuff that really showed the love for the original movie. Like I know you couldn't have the full walrus thing. I'm assuming people know what we're talking about. Like most of our listeners have seen it sure. numerous times. Yeah. The full version. What did you think of the edit? I thought it was so weak and thin. I don't even. I don't even remember seeing it on TV. That's oh, really? it was late. I think it was fourth quarter. Ah, uh, it was so, really, was really, really late, which I was surprised. I thought by. for sure being the first half. I why did why too. would you? Why would you save something like that? And I here's my other know. idea. I wonder. I wonder why couldn't they have run the two minute version of it? I mean, you spent all oh, this the Clint money. Eastwood, the Clint Eastwood commercial was like two minutes. Yeah, it's just I, sometimes I just I thought a this was the weakest year in Super Bowl ads ever. Oh, the commercials sucked. Um, that being said, there was a lot of love for the eighties. Yeah, but, but that one with the dog losing weight, and then it's a Volkswagen, yeah. and then it turns into the Star, Star Wars, Wars thing. I looked around at the bar I was at, and people were like, what? Yeah, Wait, what, what does that have to do with the dog? Because it's so well, cute, it has the nothing dog to do with Volkswagen. What, what's, I mean, what's have to do with cars? Yeah, no, that was that was too much. Yeah, sometimes it can be a little too clever for their own good. I think, uh, I wrote something about this. What would John Hughes have thought about someone taking Ferris Bueller and commercializing it? I think it depends on what version of John Hughes you get. I think you you remember that the, he started uh, professionally in the advertising game, and but for the for most of the '80s he didn't do sequels. The only thing, the only uh, exception being Vacation, got different installments. But for the most part, he say I mean the 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 sequels that he wrote, which were for um, Home Alone and Beethoven, were in the '90s when he was largely just kind of trying to cash out. Yeah, and um, so I think that depending on if you ask. John Hughes, 1985, what he would have thought of that idea, he would have been against it. You, you ask him 1995, 
He probably, he John, probably would have said how much. John Hughes is still alive. Maybe he directs it. Maybe you know it was Todd Phillips, the guy who did The Hangover, directed it uh, in old school. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I never thought what what would it have been like had John Hughes done it. I think it would have been a little bit more less herky jerky, a little bit more no, heartfelt. Just, I mean, the two minute and six second one is great with the walrus stuff, and and there's something. I don't know, just little asides he makes, like that really harks back to the. And there's, and if you look at the original one, there's all these cool Easter eggs in it. Like, sure. little, I just thought the minute one was just like, uh, boy, you really missed the good in beats. The fourth in the quarter, no one's paying attention to ads in the fourth quarter, oh. and they're just trying to keep them throwing up on themselves. Speaking of throwing up, you ready for the next item? Yes. Diamond David Lee Roth and the Van Halen Boys have given us their first album since 1984's, well, 1984. It's called A Different Kind of Truth, and it will be released this week. Sean Daly has heard the entire album. What do you think, buddy, worth buying or worth berating? They call it A Different Kind of Truth, but is in reality the same kind of good time, hit, hip thrusting, metallic uh, fun of days of old. I love it. I love it. I turned to you and I said, B+. And you're like, why? And I'm like, B+. And you know what? Tattoo, throw it out the window. Not even doesn't even sound like the rest of the album. It doesn't even sound like 1984. It sounds like uh, Van Halen two and Women and Children first. It's got that that. There's a lot of like that punk speed song. Don't look at me with your uh, your questioning eyes. You don't you don't believe me. Um, it's good. I, Eddie's playing is great. He's sober. It's clever. Keyboards? And, any keyboards? No. And though tattoo might have some, but the rest of the album is all just. I mean, Alex is a so- sociopath. Alex is crazy. And there's a song called As Is, which is my favorite song on the album. And it didn't leak at all, I don't think. And it's just huge. It's like this everybody wants some boom, 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 boom. And Dave's snarling and shrieking. And his asides are pretty funny most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Uh, uh, and uh, Wolfie's great. All these like diehard Van Halenites, they're like, no, what they're really missing is Michael Anthony's great harmonizing. It's like, give me a break. It sounds fine. <laughs> One break coming up. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. But we were talking like any Van Halen album, like any of them, there's a lot of filler. Like that mid-tempo, like, you know, a lot of filler. But I'd say about six or seven songs out of 13, awesome. How many songs do you think they'll play in concert when they tour on this? Well, I looked at like something they did the other day. I bet five. Five? Yeah, probably five. That's a lot. Well, you know, I, I don't have to hear Atomic Punk. You know, they're going to do Jump, but I don't need to hear Jump anymore, you know? I don't really need to hear Jump again either. Yeah. I wrote a little uh, side blurb, though, and I offered the boys uh, three songs I think they should add to the set list. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, far away. Maybe my favorite Van Halen song, Drop Dead Legs from 84. Good one. Uh, Hear About It Later. I want to hear... What? From the Beach Boys. From Fair Warning. Are you doing Beach Boys doing Van Halen? And uh, Take Your Whiskey Home. Do uh, take your whiskey home as Eddie Vedder. 
Drink your whiskey. Huh? That's also a little bit of share in there, yeah. too. Uh, I love it. I think it's a really fun album. I'm going to buy it on vinyl, which is my ultimate compliment. Do you it's actually have a good great. vinyl player, though, now? Or are you still playing it off that little thing you bought at Target that you have to wind up? Yeah, but I might go buy another one at Target. It's good. It sounds good. That's I like good. it. Yeah, so um, I tried to get you to listen to a song, and you're like, no. I'm having a bad day. You are. My head hurts. My, your eyes, eyes, my eyes are glowing Oh, red. my God. Your eyes are like slits. I'm like, Spearsy, you are right? Something's not right. I know. The cheese, I is, the cheese is... Man, I, you'll feel better uh, once you poop in five days. God, it's killing me. It's killing me. You know what else is killing me? The, the seggies. Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. PPTMN. Yes, it's the return of PPTMN. I thought this was dead. But Seashell from Canada. Seashell? Seashell? Seashell. From What's Canada has uh, resurrected... PPTMN. Are you ready? Fire away, buddy. Hey, Steve. Because, you know, this is just a, uh, a one-man operation here. You know what? Screw this. Show's over. <laughs> hey, Steve. And no one else. Uh, I thought your incessant talk about Duran Duran was overkill until I saw them in Toronto late last year. I managed to get seats quite close to the stage. So whenever John Taylor smiled, I felt I needed a pregnancy test. And I don't even like him that much. As they played the opening notes of Is There Something I Should Know, I expected to hear you and Sean start making your usual d- jokes. And I remember your interview with Simon. This question isn't about the 80s, but I know nothing about how journalism works. That makes three of us. Uh, please, please tell me now, is it getting easier for you to land big interviews as the podcast gains more of an audience and a reputation? Do you have to uh, go through the channels of PR people on your own time, or does someone else at the paper handle the dirty work? ha! <laughs> <laughs> Um, in just a few years, you've gone from that guy from the Dukes of Hazard <laughs> to two members of Duran Duran. Color me impressed. Whoa, Pat! Stuck in the 80s. Seychelle from Canada. Um, that's actually really... Should we let them uh, you know, behind if it the curtain? If we weren't... If we didn't ridicule Tom Wopat, who who would be the next one on the list? Wopat's laughing all the way to the bank. Don't you worry about Wopat. I gotta go back and listen to it. So bad. I've never it's really. Not, heard it's it. my fault because you talked me into letting me do it solo. So there's no banter, and when we record to, to, for people who don't know who who haven't gone back, um, I had to record it in a different room with different devices. And so you could hear his answers, but not my questions. <laughs> so I had to go back and re-record my questions. And they sound all <laughs> Tell like... Tell me, Tom. Whoa, Pat. Pat. Every question sounds exactly the same, to make a long story short. His answers were fine. But uh, to Sechelle's question, um, has it gotten easier? Yeah. Well, I think that... We've gotten we, bigger names lately. I think, we're, I think we're more confident. We go after more, probably. Um... I think there's confidence on our side. I don't know if people are like, let's give this to Stuck Knees. Well, you get that personally, right? I get, I get emails probably once or twice a week from someone saying, uh, so-and-so. Dennis, the Young's people reach out to you, didn't they? I think I reached out to them, but they came back to me saying, you tell us when and Dennis will be there. Right. Thing. They, so they were, you, you want to tell the people, just give them a little sneak about your Dennis the Young? <laughs> tell them how I, long it was. Dennis the Young talked to me the other day for 90 minutes. We didn't know where you were. 
Like we're downstairs. Like where's Steve? Is he still in that interview? You came down just soaked in sweat, but happy. Yeah. Yeah. 90 minutes with one of your heroes. When are uh, when are the peeps going to hear that soon? Uh, next couple of weeks. Yeah, cool. But um, yeah, every once in a while, someone will come to me um, and, and say, hey, you know, so-and-so has got a new project. Would you like to interview him? So it happens more often now than it did. But to answer your question, does someone here handle our dirty work? No. <laughs> That's Sean and I. I no, mean, we go after either it. Either Sean or I goes after an interview. Right I now, you're trying to get Van Halen. I kind of go in burst. Yeah, I, I'm a little discouraged by Van Halen. As much as I love that album, I've sent two different uh, missives to two different PR people from Van Halen who have sent me things first, and I've heard nothing back. Yeah. Not even a polite, no, the boys aren't doing anything. I figure they might do a conference call. When does that tour kick off? We're like the third oh, date. real soon. And we're the third date, I think. It's April 14th here in Tampa Bay. But yeah, it's um, maybe a little bit easier, you know? Um, it's, you know, sometimes you really got to go after them. Uh, but I mean, it's still just as hard getting Bono, you know? Or getting, There's still like, some people who are not going not gonna to give us the time of day. But we, we've had some great gets. I mean, just tremendous gets. But we had good gets early in the day. We got Brian Johnson, Kenny Loggins. Yeah, I mean, you know, all, that bastard Huey Lewis. You know what it all boils down to? And I always tell, explain this to everyone. Everyone will email and say, "Hey, why don't you get so and so? Why don't you get so and so?" And the trouble is, you can rarely ever talk to someone unless they've got something to talk about. What's your favorite get? Doesn't have to be. I'm not asking for best interview. What's your favorite like chummy get? Like which one are you like? You know what? I love that we talked to so and so. Probably Martha Quinn. I mean, you think about it. What were the odds of, the, of us locating her and, and getting her to talk to us? Multiple times now. Mine's Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. That was good, too. That's, I'm not saying it's the best interview. It's not. Because, but but it's, just, just, it's just great just, that we like, you were just, talking to Carl Weathers. Yeah. You just had this idea. Like, I'd really like to talk to Carl Weathers. But we had an excuse because he was promoting a new show. Um it's rare that we talk to someone who doesn't have something to, yeah, to promote. Just totally they have cold. to either be on tour and coming through here or a new album. We tend to lean toward musicians. Almost. Well, because they yeah, are easier to read. I would love to like kind of open up a bit and to do movies, do authors, do TV, stuff like that. Ooh, I had a weird one the other day. Oh, I'm totally forgetting about it. I'm like, we got to get like Dolph Lundgren or something like that. Oh, I had this idea the other day that I want to interview Fonzie. Henry, Henry Winkler. Winkler? Yeah. That's a great one. Um, for some reason, I don't know why. He's not huge in the 80s. But I just love the. He seems like such a likable guy. I bet it'd be a yeah, fun Winkler's interview. Winkler's like, yeah, want to hug him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great so, one. Sometimes it's kind of hard because you'll be like, well. I mean, it's like Brian Adams. We, we tried to interview Brian Adams, and his people said, no. You know, he would object to the name of the show. If anything, he's stuck in the 90s. And I'm like, that's bizarre. That's a source of pride? I know. I'm like, dude, no. Trust please. me. You'd rather be stuck in the 80s. We're here to help Brian. Yeah. I'd love to talk. We'll still get him, I bet. I don't know. Now he changes PR people. But uh, nah, that's a good question, Michelle. I mean, we, it just depends. Sometimes we luck out. Steve Perry, that was luck. Yeah. Um, Jim Kerr was 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 luck. Um, Dennis DeYoung, no. I mean, he was he's coming through town. He's got something to sell. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. Good question. See, that's the kind of PPTMN I love. You ask those uh, those questions every week. We bring it back every week. But uh, Steve's well, it'll be broken down to seventeen parts. Dennis DeYoung coming up real soon. We got some other special uh, things coming up too. Ah, uh, I swear, if it's at all possible, I really want to do Australia in the eighties soon. Yeah, it, it's just, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a little sick. Maybe I'll <laughs> have to skip that one. Woohoo! I'm free, free, free. Philippines in the 80s. <laughs>
<laughs> and that's all we got for this week. Uh, tune in next week. We will have a new show with all the regular sex. In the meantime, Sean Daly, myself, Madonna. I love her. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> we all remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Duck in the 80s is produced by the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.